there. This is Ask an Academic Auntie, our bonus episodes of Academic Aunties, where we take your questions and try to impart a little auntie wisdom. Do you have a question? Send us a message on Twitter at, at Academic Auntie or email us at podcast at academicanties.com. If you send us a voice memo, you'll even get your question played on the air. We'd love to hear from you. Academic Aunties, we talk a lot about the politics of refusal. The Academy puts so many demands on marginalized scholars. Scholars who are Indigenous, Black, racialized, women, those with disabilities, are asked to carry so much for institutions that don't have their back. That's why we talk so much about saying no. Why Dr. Deborah Thompson, in episode two of the show, talks about stealing your time back from an institution that will never love you back. And Dr. Yolan Buka in episode 11 about how the counterweight to performing all the time is that she doesn't want to die young, as too many other marginalized scholars have done. But at the same time, we have to find ways to manage workloads. We want to refuse and steal our time, but there is the reality that sometimes you've just got to find ways to do the work. This was me this whole damn pandemic. I can't put in 100% into everything, so I needed to learn hacks to make my workload easier. So on this Ask an Academic Auntie, we're going to answer a question from a listener who wants to know the following. What can I do to make it easier to research and to teach in light of our competing responsibilities? With us to answer this is Dr. Allison Smith. She is an assistant professor of political science at University of Toronto, Mississauga. Her research interests include the welfare state, social protection, and homelessness. And she is an academic mama of two kids, ages three and five, and is here to talk to us about some practical tips. Hi, Auntie Ellie. Hi, Ethel. Hi, Auntie Ethel. I'm so happy to be here. I'm thrilled that you're here and uh, you are the queen of hacks. So do you have like suggestions on how we can multitask and hack research and teaching? Um, so you may hear like stomping upstairs because my my boys are currently home. So I definitely <laughs> um, like can sort of sympathize with there's a lot going on at all times. And so as much as there are hacks, like it's a crazy situation that we're in. And sometimes just taking a moment to realize that like, this is, this is not normal. And sometimes we do just need to lower standards a little bit and be gentle with ourselves and support one another. Um, but there are a few things that I do think that I found that have kind of helped with either teaching or writing or research. So there were three ideas that I wanted to talk about, take or leave any of it. And if anybody has other ideas, I'd love to hear them. Um, one of them is to, well, I guess two of them relate to like getting away from the computer as much as possible. Um, I don't know how, uh, how much you can relate to like the doom scrolling. Oh God. Kind of like <laughs> yes. the impulse yep. to constantly doom scroll. If there's um, like an announcement about education or something, the entire day is just like blown up if I'm in front of my computer. Mm -hmm. So getting away from the computer is really helpful. And there are some either apps or like things you can do on your phone to help with this. So one of the things that I discovered recently, which helps with both teaching and research is like listening to papers or articles instead of reading them on a computer screen or even like printing them out. So there are apps, there's some that you can pay for. There are some that are like more or less expensive. Um, I use an app called Speechify where they have all different types of um, like accents. So we can read in all different types of all different like languages. Oh, cool. Um, and it will, yeah, I accidentally one time hit like the, the Castellan 
like <laughs> voice and it read in this like funny accent, but I was like, so I usually use, uh, I think Mary is the voice. So it will dictate an article to you. You can read it slowly. You can read it more quickly. You can have them like speak sort of, uh, so more or less fast. Um, and they actually like some of these, they use pretty good intonation. Like it's not just a robot voice. Okay. Um, and I find like for whether it's grading papers, like I've graded undergraduate papers this way. I've even graded some graduate papers this way, um, or reading an article. Like I actually find that I'm able to focus on the content more easily just through like walking slowly outside as opposed to being in front of my computer mm-hmm. where I don't know, you're always like going over to Twitter or your email dings <laughs> yes. or like somebody's running upstairs. Yeah. Um, so I like, I really think that that's a good way to review content. Like there's some stuff that you need to read really carefully. You need to take really careful notes of. So that's probably not the best for this, but if you're preparing for class, whether it's a seminar or a lecture, and you just want to familiarize yourself with the content that's on your syllabus, it's actually really good because you're not, it gets you to think about like, what's the main point of this? What's my takeaway? How am I going to summarize this in my own words? So that's like one of my, one of my new tips. And you also, that is actually like a multitasking one. Like you're get you're, you're outside, you're moving around, you're getting fresh air. You're like breathing the, I mean, right now it's like a little bit too cold, but like breathing <laughs> fresh air moving a little bit like so that's one of one of the things that i'd suggest doing i think that you've you've tried using some of the apps honestly right? so auntie ali until so uh auntie ali had posted this on twitter um because i had like just discovered accidentally that on microsoft word it can read documents i hit the wrong button and it started reading out loud this uh dissertation that i was I'm on i'm on the committee and it started reading it out loud and i was like whoa 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 you can do this and i had posted it on twitter and then auntie ali was like yeah there are apps that do this speechify and i tried it and I'm just like, this is a game changer because I don't want to sit in front of my computer the entire time. And also, sometimes it's not even taking a walk. Sometimes I need to, like, I don't know, fold the laundry. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 Like undoing, undoing the dishwasher, folding laundry, like commuting somewhere, like waiting for um, some kind of curbside pickup or something. Like there's <laughs> lots of spaces when sometimes you just want to like zone out. But sometimes it's actually like you can cover quite a bit of ground that way. Um, So that's one tip. Another thing to kind of get like in this similar sort of vein of getting outside is like dictating stuff to yourself, like dictating a draft. I did this last year for my two CPSA papers. Um, I wrote out like a good draft. And I actually I actually find that I need to do several drafts before even draft outlines before I have a sense of what's going where my paper is going to go. But so by the time that I have like a draft outline, I pretty much have, I have a good sense of what is going to be in the paper. But then again, like writing it in front of the computer, it's just really hard to do. And it's like, again, like back and forth to, um, to Twitter or like searching for a source or like searching for a direct quotation or whatever. So having an outline and then again, like going outside and, and actually talking it out. I came back with like 3,500 words of draft paper in like a 45 minute walk. It was awesome. And like people are walking by. And so I know some people worry about talking to themselves. Yeah, because you like, don't want people to be like, what it, but that's okay. Like you're like, whatever, man, you got to do what you got to do. I, you, <laughs> yeah. And you just have like your earphones, in, your ear pods in or whatever. And you're just like, 
like to sort of like <laughs> tell them that you're on a call, like you wave. And then, and then like, think about it as though you're talking to someone on a phone call or whatever. Maybe you just stop talking while you're passing the person. If you're talking about, I don't know, something that you don't want other people to hear or whatever, but just the sort of like little nod, like I'm on a call. And then, you, so I just dictated into the notes app on my phone. Okay. And I think about every 30 seconds or something, you have to re-hit the dictate button. Okay. Okay. I know that sometimes like even just with acronyms or with like, like I talk a lot about like HPS and like the homelessness partnering strategy, but like dictation doesn't capture that. I think that there are some programs where you can like for people who I did my PhD at a French university and a lot of my Francophone friends were, were experimenting with this stuff. And so there are programs where if you have like an accent, you can train the program to recognize like words that it doesn't otherwise understand. I think dragon dictate does that. You can train it to like your, your speaking style. Um, so I think that's also really good. And like, I don't know, the actual writing process, writing a draft is probably like 11% of writing a paper. There's so much more like editing and reading, but sometimes just like getting that draft is such a barrier to moving on to the revising and editing. So going outside and talking it out to yourself. Yeah. So that's a good way. That's really cool. Yeah, no. So I tried doing that actually because I didn't know that the notes app uh, could dictate. And I was like, oh, what? So I did that. One thing that kind of I needed to learn was I was just like, okay, I'm just going to like stream of consciousness talk about like, you know, something. I didn't realize that you had to like put in like, like periods. You had to be like, period. (laughs) And so when I looked at it, I was like, oh, shoot, it's just this like, you know, unfiltered like block of text. But like, I think once you get used to it, it's easier, right? Like you do get used to kind of putting in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like with Dragon Dictate, but maybe with some of the other more like sophisticated ones, you can actually do like parentheses and semicolons. Like the, the, the thing that I was using was just comma and period were the only things like even quotation marks, it would actually like spell out quotation marks in the document, (laughs) which is a little bit annoying, but there are where, but you can also like program them to, to recognize like certain things. So yeah, I think definitely like the first round, you're going to want to put in some basic punctuation just so that when you go through and edit it, like it's, it is a little bit more readable. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Um, one final thing I'd say for teaching, whether you're doing like a lecture based class or a seminar class is that sometimes, um, for whatever reason, either students or professors may find that the time available to prepare may be more limited than you had originally planned. There's any number of reasons why that might happen right now. Somebody needs to take somebody to an appointment or like somebody didn't sleep last night yeah, and you were yeah. planning on getting up early. Um, or like you waited in line for a booster shot or any number of reasons, especially right now that even losing two hours means that you might not have the time that you plan to be prepared for class. So having like a reading workshop in your back pocket can be a really helpful thing to prepare either in advance to give, to give yourself like a planned break from class prep or to just sort of have for a class that you know, you, you weren't planning to, you were planning to lecture or to have a discussion, but you don't have the time to do so. So it's like a two hour reading workshop. It could be three hours or two hours in undergraduate or graduate class where you spend time talking to students about how they read, Mm. how they take notes, how they prepare. Mm. Um, oftentimes students have like really good 
things that they do and they learn from one another. Oftentimes, um, like I know when I was a grad student, it was so inefficient how I was reading and preparing for class. It just took oh, yeah. way more time than I was able to, that I, that I should have been spending. So spend a little time talking about that and then pick an article that's on the syllabus, maybe mm. from that week. And you do like a speed reading exercise, like 30 or 45 minutes reading. Mm. So if you are planning this, or maybe, you know, you want to give some students some notice because some mm-hmm. students may be less comfortable yeah. speed reading. Um, so you, if possible, give people, you know, 12 or 24 hours notice. So if they want, they can read it in advance. Mm-hmm. So you do that. But like the point of that is to, to communicate to students, like in an academic context that like, you actually don't read every word and no. you sort of, yeah. there are some sections where you read more quickly. Yeah. There are some sections where you really read slowly. Maybe you even read the introduction two or three times, Yeah. but then you might skim two out of the three case studies, for example. So you instruct them on kind of how to, how to read strategically and academically in a way that will let them prepare for their classes. Um, and then have them take notes for the next like 20, 15, 20 minutes using a template. Um, everybody does this on their own, taking mm. notes to find like the research question, the argument, the conclusion, the evidence, and ask them to start to consider like, is this convincing? Is something missing? Did they, is there a perspective that they hadn't considered? And then discuss that. Um, with undergrads, it's really helpful because they always, they sometimes don't even like know where to go to find the argument. Oh, of course. So it's yeah. helpful to like, to talk those things through. Um, and then if, if there's a little bit of time on the other at the end of it, then you can budget a little bit of time to use templates from like the book, They Say, I Say. There's a chapter on engaging with, with texts um, that instructs students on how to like agree with a text, but with a reason. So identify what do you agree with and like, but then why? Like be specific about why. Or if you disagree with something, like give your reason why. And I think this is actually a really valuable use of time just sort of in any class because students... Um, don't always have the skills. Like when I was doing my master's, I remember thinking like, I don't know how to read. I don't know how to read and prepare for this class, but I didn't know what I was doing wrong. For sure. I think it's valuable, but I think it can also maybe help if someone is feeling like they don't have the time that they might normally like to invest in preparing for class. Either um, you just sort of know that it's not going to happen or at the last minute time just sort of disappears. Like it can also be helpful from the perspective of an instructor who has a lot of other responsibilities to have like a, um, like a workshop and something that's valuable for students in your kind of your back pocket. That's super helpful because I think everyone can benefit from having this like, you know, mid-semester or not even mid-semester, whatever. Like if you need, if you're, if you're really busy that week, having that, that pause where you don't have to do as much class prep and you can actually teach students more tangible, like learn how to learn and how to read skills, right? Um, so, and your students have had like good, um, feedback when it came to this. Um, yeah. Like what in, in one of my classes, my PhD seminar, like, um, we did it early on and a number of students actually used like the template, um, structure for their presentation of the articles. Like they found that it just gave them structure when reading and engaging and presenting in sort of that structured way. I know students doing like comprehensive exams, it was helpful that they used going forward to prepare. Um, And for undergraduates too, like I think that at that level, one of the things that I think some people struggle with, like I hear some people say that undergraduates don't read 
like as much as they used to. I don't have enough information to know like if that's true or not, or if that's yeah. just sort of yeah. everybody says that about the the kids, whatever <laughs> the kids these days. But I do yeah. think, <laughs> yeah. But I do think still like giving undergraduate students, even just talking a little bit about what are the expectations around reading this article. Cause you have some students who are like so ambitious and are just like overwhelming themselves with preparation and to let them know it doesn't need to happen. So I think like in graduate classes, it's really, there's a lot of applicability, but I think in undergraduate classes too, even in lecture classes, like I've done this with 70 students, like it still is really helpful for them as a learning exercise. For sure. And I really think that, um, you know, it's it's good for uh, uh, folks like our listener who's like, you know what, maybe I just want to kind of, you know, leave a week uh, when I'm teaching to just kind of pause a little bit and not have to do as much teaching prep. But I think I'll be definitely uh, thinking about putting these in my classes as well. Yeah. And I think like we're in a moment in time that is like the pressures are just like, like this isn't going to be forever. And so to some extent, like in this moment of time, just like recognizing, like, let's think if there's, like, just sort of acknowledge that we're in this crazy situation where a lot of, like, there hasn't been a sort of change in the demands on a lot of people's time. Like it remains the same with all this going on around us. So just like acknowledging that. And in some cases, like maybe canceling a class, like yeah, maybe, you know, I don't know. I, I There have definitely been times where I've like missed grant application deadlines and it's like, that happens. Like, it's okay. But there's also, I think like these are also things even beyond the pandemic that I like, I would like to, I'm going to continue to do these and incorporate them into sort of my daily routine as well. But I think like in this moment in time, to the extent that you can like go for a walk and listen to an article or, you know, incorporate some skills, training for students and give yourself a little bit of a sort of lighter workload that week, that this is also a time that these might be, that these might be useful. I think they're incredibly useful and I've learned so much from you, Andy Ali. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, before we let you go, uh, for our listeners who are on social media, um, can you share your social media handle in case they want to follow you? Sure. I am on Twitter. I'm um, Ali Smith underscore U to M, which is where I did my PhD. I haven't, there's a lot of like Smiths on Twitter. So you have to, <laughs> it's hard to change a Twitter handle. So it's, where I did my PhD, Ali Smith underscore you, Dan. That's awesome. Well, thank you again for being here. Thank you. Thank you.